Downloads of this show are available on Podomatic.com and the Podomatic mobile app. Happy holidays from Radio Free Brooklyn! This is Don Zoni here for Lost and Rewound on Radio Free Brooklyn! Hey, it's time to get embarrassed with us! Good afternoon, Brooklyn and beyond, as our friend Rob Pritchard says every week. My name is Ilan Danziger, and this is Lost and Rewound the weekly broadcast to podcast program in where we focus on the sounds of our youth, listening with fresh adult ears as we try to connect the dots between then and now. We're here every Thursday afternoon from 3 to 4 p.m. only on Radio Free Brooklyn. Download the app if you dare. Double dare you. You can go to radiofreebrooklyn.org slash android or effectively iPhone. So radiofreebrooklyn.org slash android or radiofreebrooklyn.org slash iPhone. Check out our newsletter too if you wish to learn about any and all of our upcoming events. That's radiofreebrooklyn.org slash newsletter. We have had quite a year with our guests. So many stories here at Lost and Rewound. So I figured... Let's pack in all of this past year's most memorable stories. I I shouldn't give anything else away. So please enjoy what I hope will go down as one of our most memorable clip shows yet. we came to wiping you guys off the freeway. <laughs> okay. that corner back there. Yeah. I'm telling you this, please be careful. Yeah. Honest to God, you're yeah. on a blind corner and, and we've got a boat and a trailer or a truck like this, they'd have taken you right off the highway. Just be careful. Okay, yeah. yeah. Well, sorry. Cool, eh? Right? Yeah. <laughs> Pick up the road. I heard they like walking around in the road like that. Is that right? Yeah. And like you can't go anywhere. Are they wild or are they? Yeah, those are wild. Or are they like someone? I think people um, let them go. No, these are wild. I think, but people also. Um, you like have a farmer if they get out and they just kind of no I, it's like cattle like some people range. have them like cattle but these are wild probably they have oh. their both that's why they had all the signs did you see the buffalo yeah. crossing signs yeah see, i think they're wild because you don't let your you don't let your farm animals get out ever no you shouldn't i mean we are cattle ranchers we let our cattle out on range but yeah ultimately but, it's it's fenced yeah so these aren't they're just these are wild yeah that's so cool to see Safe trip, you guys. Yes, thanks. You too. That was was brilliant. (laughs) That that lady was so Canadian. Oh, you know, you better get off the road or you'll get killed, eh? (laughs) (laughs) Cool, huh? (laughs) And like, just like totally heeding the most genuine, like, we almost murdered you. Cool, eh, though? (laughs) (laughs) Like, I literally say, like, please don't hit us with your car. That's them. Or they're the person who yelled, hey. But like, Multiple people almost killed us when we pulled over. Oh my god! (laughs) 
how could she even wonder if these are wild? Because they're buffalo everywhere. No one like lets their cattle be free. Those are quite an investment. And she's a cattle rancher. But now listening to it years later, she was just making nervous chatter. And it was well, probably... Can- yeah, Canadians are notoriously like the <laughs> nicest people in the world, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yes. Like, scolding us and then making super polite conversation about <laughs> something not- she totally knows the answer to. <laughs> she totally yeah. knows the answer. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. I'm like, nobody ranges buffalo. Yeah. But like, like, we're not Native like Americans. People, people raise them to eat, but like no one is ever letting their cattle, their livestock the just fucking chill by the side of the road yeah. and literally like everywhere. With bears. <laughs> my father took us to action park and actually you guys where, where is where is that actually you know johnny knoxville did a movie about it a year ago okay it was this park they built in new jersey it, it was an attraction where you they had like cliff dives and like crazy water slides and all okay. types of like tarzan ropes sure but it was like infamous for being completely like for insanely unsafe super <laughs> unsafe and like Every time you left Action Park, you usually left like scrapes and scratches. <laughs> that was not where I went. Good. <laughs> it's, it's something that they would not exist in the way it did back then today. Sure. It'd be impossible. Like yeah. nobody would insure that. Well, no, they would have gotten sued get, up like, a fucking a, wazoo. You they can't would... even get a metal slide because yeah, no. that burns you. Yeah, what no. the fuck were they thinking? No, Why? we're going to want a nice balsa wood. <laughs> <laughs> so what happened at Action Park well, that my, scarred you? I was about my son's age. My father was uh, an Israeli commando. He was uh, like a Navy SEAL. You know, he went to go do this, uh, like, it was like a six or seven story cliff jump. They had a cliff jump. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he wasn't a very responsible dad. I followed behind him because I'm, I'm, I'm five or six. I don't know where the hell else I'm supposed to go. Yep, yep. So he gets online. It's like a 30-person line, and it's finally his turn, and he jumps off. And I look at him jump off, and I see him how many feet below, and I go, I don't know how the hell I'm going to get to my dad now. Like, And no Aww. one like tried to help me, so I was like, okay, I guess it's time for me to jump. <laughs> oh my God. And little six-year-old Josh belly flop. Oh! On a 10 meter board? Oh! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, that's oh, no. so dude, I could I was like 12 when I got the balls to actually hop off that platform. Oh my like god. Like a long fall. That's like two good seconds of just free fall. Free fall. I remember it. Impact. <laughs> I it's not like I was a really brave kid. I was more fearful that I couldn't find my dad like otherwise. It's like I either jump or I'm not going to be able to find my father. And I belly flop into it. And everybody sees it. And I think a few people gasped because it was a little kid. And I, that's I, I, dude, you're, you, how are you not hurt? Yeah, I, you could literally explode your balls. I was completely, <laughs> I did, but we had them reimplanted. But I'm pumped. Yeah, but no, seriously, like they can break ribs too. if you land wrong. You know what I mean? I'm an expert, obviously. <laughs> so Yo. what does my dad do? He comes over to me. Everyone's like in a gasp. My father comes and he lifts me in the air and he goes, look at my brave son. <laughs> look at it. And he parades me <laughs> around Action Park telling everybody, you know like what my son Lion did? King? You know, yeah, exactly. Like, so it's the circle. So he wow. parades me around to tell everyone how proud he is of his son who nearly killed himself a few minutes ago. As nice. you become increasingly redder. I mean, that is a very special, that is a very like, you know, army special forces thing. Like jump, go. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that is like that is kind of badass. The truth is, I really was okay with it. I didn't mind, but my father, for some reason, he wanted to brag to my mother as he was driving us home, <laughs> and he tells my mother, "He's like, oh, by the way, just she jumped off the six-story cliff." She, you know, she, yeah, yeah. she was not too excited about it. Sometimes I I do these comics on Instagram. And I get like these uh, instant messages where people are like, don't kill yourself. You know, like that's the type of humor I, I go to. And I've always been interested in this dark 
side of people's psychology, you know, it's like serial killers, like, what the fuck? What is going on in their head? Like, that's what I've uh, always been interested in, you know, like, how can they do what they do? Can we use them? Can they be like a, somehow, like, instead of, you know, locking them up, can we employ them somehow and they could be the people that could kill the people that we don't want living anymore? You know, for like a good uh, cause. Setting them you know? loose. <laughs> sort of a uh, running man type scenario. <laughs> you know, Hannibal Lecter actually said that in, in one of the movies. He says, any reasonable society would have put me to death or like put me to work, you know? So I say put him to work. It's like that everyday person pushed to this level where they, you know, make a decision that ends up killing somebody hey, sometimes you gotta get a little murdery watching a lot of these shows you ask yourself eventually like am i capable of doing something could i get pushed to a point where i just absolutely snap they're on trial for their lives for like a moment of their life mm -hmm. where they just fucking lose it yeah you know yeah. and it makes you wonder like could i do it sometimes when i'm in traffic i like bang on my dashboard and one time i broke my ac like that is what, <laughs> whoa, 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 instead of what? doing yeah i was in i was in traffic one time and i got so fucking fed up with the traffic were you in new york or still in LA? i was in la but i punched the ac and i broke it and one of my friends was like your ac broken i was like yeah i think i have a problem and like <laughs> instead of being in traffic could that turn into murder right Valid question. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder how many broken yeah, air conditioners. Good way to like hopefully leave that open end. <laughs> I wonder how many broken air conditioners just show up to shops because somebody punched right through yeah. it uh, in LA traffic. The, the 405 could, I think, you know, drive anybody to, uh, you know, basically beat a person to death, I think. Because my folks used to own a video store, I gotten a hold of Dr. Domeno tapes and Weird Al, Ooh, the Weird Al documentary. Yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah. I used to play like a lot of Nintendo and watch like every horror movie I could get my hands Wait, on. Wait, can you specify what version of Nintendo, like original Nintendo oh, or like N64? You just called so, it Nintendo. It's obviously the original. So I used to. I, I have no experience with the original. So Nintendo. if you walked into my folks' Neither video store, you would walk past one like cut out cardboard of whatever movie was popular at the time and walk back and there were two lanes. And in the middle of both lanes was me on a giant, uh, like drawer, like on a giant cabinet, playing Nintendo with the wire coming all the way across. <laughs> oh my what god! A horror movie. And, oh and my the, god! And the TV was on another cabinet. Oh and my like, god! Whenever I wanted, you're elevated. Elevated. Oh the god. ground is lava. Yeah. And back then, I must have been like two feet tall. So you're so. like a human cat. Yeah, a human cat. So like. Every, every so like a foot ago. Now, keep in mind, these old Nintendo <laughs> games are known for being hard as fuck. You usually die on the first level half the time. I'm so I'm not cabinet boy. <laughs> so I would, be, I would be the kid that would put on the game, tell my dad, like, hey, put this on. Put on, like, fucking Legend of Zelda. i get killed in two seconds, and then I'd ask the customer, be like, hey... Can you switch out this game for me? And <laughs> <laughs> so like, and they'd be like, okay, little kid with a wire stretched across the whole fucking the store. Wire? Sure. The, the, yeah, the, from, the wire. Yeah. You're such an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> so one, one, kid, one of my friend's older brother who would go on to be in a band with me knew me first as the kid playing the video games at the store before he would meet me. Oh, did it stand out? Oh, wow. Did everybody notice? Well, I also used to recommend, <laughs> I also used to tell them what movies to rent. So you're like the Cheshire Cat. 
Wisconsin. <laughs> Appleton, Wisconsin. Yeah. Could not be a more American-sounding town name. Appleton, Wisconsin. <laughs> Appleton. It's true. Appleton. Yeah. It's like almost like the fake place you make up when you're like, I have to have a fake identity. I'm from Appleton. I'll definitely buy that. Were your parents all from the Midwest as well? Yeah. What kind of professions were they involved in? My dad was a race car driver. What? <laughs> Again. Okay. Keep going. We could just stop. And, um, and, yeah, exactly. And I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> Appleton, Wisconsin. Father's a race car driver. I just saw a tornado. And? And then, uh, oh, wait. And what? Your mother. Oh, my mom works Your at- mother? <laughs> she works at this, like, really nice, like, mom and pop supper club that was, like, right down below the hill from us. Nice. Whatever she did in comparison to race car driver was yeah. going to pale. So she was just like, eh, you know, I guess yeah, I'll work, I'll work, work over here, you know, seventh dinner. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> so when, when it came to getting, like, your first job, did you want to work for either of your parents or you were like, nah, I'm doing my own thing? Uh, well, I, I did busing for a while and that was terrifying. And then... I mean, my dad took me out to the racetrack a lot, like down to the pits and like kept me down there really late at night, even for like a little kid. I think that's the reason why I'm short, honestly, is because he kept me like stunted my growth at a young age. crammed you in the car? (laughs) Yeah, because he crammed me in the car. Were you like, were you like a speed racer, like with the monkey in the trunk? High speed! (laughs) (laughs) Take a left, take a left, take a left. (laughs) Go, go, go. That's, <laughs> that's such a good that's like the best race car image Visual, is yeah. is that kid and the monkey in the trunk of the speed racer car wait but your dad is was a race car driver like made money at race car driving i th- i don't i don't really know i think it's like acting like sometimes some gigs you'd be like oh i got a bunch of money here but then sometimes you'd be like Where's my money at? I got that money in a while. So that was your real influence. What kind of car did he drive? I don't know anything about cars, but I'm interested. Uh, well, you know how you look at a race car track? <laughs> you see the like small cars in the middle. It was like, you know, and it's like a eight. He wasn't those. He wasn't those. Okay. The bigger ones. I think they're stock cars. Stock okay. cars. And it would be like, Around the big track. So when <laughs> <laughs> I love how your dad's a race car driver. You're like, yeah, you know, not the ones that go. I should have been an elementary school teacher. I, I played I played Mario Kart recently, so I have to sort of go with like, was he more of a say uh, a Koopa or was he a Bowser? Well, this <laughs> is this is the extent of car knowledge on the show. Like, I really this I'm the same way. I'm like, yeah, was it? Did it look like a like a gangster would be driving it in the twenties or did it look yeah. like in, in Wacky Races? Was he the uh, Muttley yes. or was it like more of the Penelope pit stop? He actually uh, the other thing he did was we lived on a cul-de-sac and the dads of the cul-de-sac for a while would uh take their driving lawnmowers and have races with those amazing yeah my dad was the only one he would always be in last for some reason <laughs> even though he was the only one who's a race car driver <laughs> he had like a number is, on his side this is like you literally have like a sitcom pilot like written about your dad <laughs> oh really truly it's so stupid i've traveled with cats before and they've been cool like my cat Mystique, she was climbing all over the front of the car windshield and like just kind of really taking in the world. And that cat was normal. Um, but this cat was fucking insane. So she hid in her litter box. That was the way down. And then on the way back, I got like a carrier for her that she liked because she didn't like the carrier that I had. That's why she hid in her litter box. I decided that I would stay somewhere. So I decided to stay in Dunn, North Carolina. 
It's like my last name. Why not? Um, so that's so great. <laughs> thank you. So then the very next morning, not even the very next morning, like hours later, like I really just took a nap. I never should have stayed there. My family insisted that I do that to be responsible. It was honestly a waste of my time, but I got this story. So maybe it wasn't. I get my dog. I call her and I'm like, all right, get in the car. And she's like, okay. And she like gets in her car. She has a little seat that I bought for her. She's got like a dog seat. She's in there sitting and waiting. And it's like almost 12, which is when I need to give them the room, you know, like when the maid needs to be in there. And everything is perfectly timed, like, you know, machinery, except the cat is hiding from me. And I don't know where. So I go into this hotel room and there's nowhere for her to hide that I can think of. And I then eventually realize, oh, she's not in the bathroom. She's not in here. She's not there. She didn't run out. And I'm like, should I just leave? Like, I can't leave my cat here. Like, I need to deal with this. So there's a maid right outside my hotel room. When I finally realized my cat is under the bed in the mattress, like up in the mattress, which is apparently a normal cat thing. Everybody knows this move. I'm not privy to it yet. She doesn't do it in the house that I know of. So I kind of pull up the one half of the king size bed. I grab her. She makes a face and meows at me. Then I see like this mass of darkness crawl into the corner. I'm like, oh my God, what the fuck was that? I look at my hand and I swear it's covered in bugs, but I don't know if it is or isn't. I go around the other side where she's now run to and I pull up the other half of the mattress and my cat's all up in the mattress and I like pull her out. And now she's like meowing at me all weird. And I put her in a little container during all this whole thing. I'm like, why are you like this? Why are you doing this to me? Who made you like this? Who hurt you? Why? Why are you doing that? Like, this is what the woman can hear outside in the hall. In, not in the hallway because it was a motel. Outside. Um, just just me yelling at this cat. <laughs> the whole entire motel room looked like someone had overdosed there. Like, like a rock star had an after party and just died. Because like now the bed's everywhere. So I'm like, oh, God, I got to put the stack together. So I like push it all back together and, and hope for the best, knowing that she's going to take it all up, hopefully, anyway. As I'm driving, like an hour later, it hits me what happened. And I start to picture her face as she was meowing at me. It's just like, why are you bothering me? Like, meow. (laughs) It's like such a ridiculous face. And I start picturing that dumb little meowing face. And I just laugh so hard that my eyes start to well with tears because I'm laughing so hard. I can't see and I'm driving. And I almost fucking died laughing about how hilarious my cat is i went to antioch college and then it closed in 2008 what oh that's crazy yeah how long were you there for before it closed i was there for two years well that's (laughs) wait like why did it close Uh, yeah i know right (laughs) so uh, yeah i went there for one year and then at the end of the first year my roommate called me and was like dude they're gonna close the college and i was like ha ha which is my reaction to every serious piece of information i've ever received (laughs) in my life and um, I was like, what do you mean? And they were like, check your mail. And I like go to the mailbox and I get this thing out. And it's like, any other college can no longer sustain itself. And we're going to have to announce like a full closure next year. The thing this about is Ohio? This is in Ohio. Yeah, Yellow Springs. I was studying photography and literature. I was just trying to get away from the performing arts. And I was trying to get more into like visual arts. And then they announced the closure and I was like, oh, fuck it. And I started taking music classes again and um, wow. theater and stuff. How and did they compensate you for Like if they... Oh, they did get a degree. Oh, they did. It's, okay. like, it's like a thing. Like if you look it up, people are still pissed. They call us the toxic generation that came out of it because they fucked us over and we got mad about it. And they're like, oh, you're so toxic. You can't see any of the positivity in this. And you're like, no. But it was... the you just wasted all this money on education yeah. that yeah. you couldn't even finish. Yeah. And I definitely had to pay those loans off. They announced the closure. The The idea was you could either transfer right away or 
continue studying there. And I didn't want to go to college in the first place. So I was like, fuck it. I'll just take whatever classes I want to take. The college was like, the thing about it is it was like 80% queer, like gender neutral, clothing optional. Where'd you go after that? I went to Denison afterwards. Not even close to being the queer clothing no. optional place that Antioch yeah, was. Yeah, it was like they made fun of him on Saturday Night Live with Chris Farley and Shannon Doherty in the um, in the Jeopardy sketch oh, yeah. that they used to do. Uh, and they have like Chris Farley being like, oh, bro, yeah, like, uh, and um, Shannon Doherty's like, um, no, that's rape, like during the entire thing. And because the the college came out with this thing called the SOPP, the Sexual Offense Prevention Policy, in the 90s, and everybody thought they were absolutely fucking insane, which is really crazy from where we're coming from right now. now. <laughs> but essentially, if you're drunk, you can't give consent. It was basically outlining what consent is. If you're drunk, you can't give Jeez. consent. It would have been helpful. Yeah. Um, in order to actually consent to sex, like, it has to be a verbal yes, and you have to, like, understand. And then you should you should do that from each advancement. Like, so if I wanted to touch you, I should ask. If I wanted to kiss you, I should ask. If I wanted to go down on you, I should ask. What do yes. you think? Yeah. <laughs> 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 and and that's it. And so it was this whole thing, consent is sexy, was like a whole thing that we would do. And like our sex ed demonstrations when we first got there were like two girls fisting a watermelon, you know? Ah. Which everybody, whenever I tell that story, they're like, how could the watermelon give consent? I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but like Wait. through its seeds Se- yeah, yeah. Say, was it seed the seedless or right well it was like a chick had the watermelon between her legs and we were demonstrating how to like fist properly That's stuff like that it was an interesting curriculum yeah very <laughs> advanced sexual techniques because we'd already gotten past the binary can i fuck her kind of thing wow <laughs> <laughs> i grew up in this place called bronxville sure where sarah lawrence is yeah which is so funny because sarah lawrence in terms of principles and virtue is the exact opposite of where i grew up bronxville is very republican i mean you could be a staten island in new york city just as well but even so in comparison to other places in Westchester. yeah people were real overt about it so <laughs> overt you say yeah. How does one go about being overt? Well, I'll tell you. Uh, I, had, <laughs> I was the president of my pro-choice club and the football team. Uh, they vandalized my pro-choice posters. What? Uh, yeah. How did they get a the I saw them do it, and that's how I knew it was them. But then, what did you know, you I didn't to... say anything. Why didn't you say something? What did so they kind. write? I was so shy. <laughs> uh, I think they just, like, drew on top of them or just, like... I don't remember the specifics, but it was definitely like, stop it. Or they like ripped it. Or they stop were... it. <laughs> wait, were stop these... it. Wait, so were these? We don't like this. <laughs> this was in high school, though, yeah. right? Yeah. They were just uh, teenage boys who were like, we don't like women asserting anything. Imagine that, right? Yeah. I remember in middle school, this one boy, Ryan, I won't say his last name, uh, he was like, I don't like feminists because feminists are angry and they're always yelling. And he was in seventh grade. <laughs> oh my god! Wow! I'm, wow! I'm envisioning somebody. His dad. Yeah, I'm. I'm envisioning. Where's mom? If I get yeah. Republican. Like yeah. Overmasculated uh, Napoleon complex kind of kid who's like super short and probably just annoyed that like nobody wants to talk to him, women or other boys alone. Uh, I think he just had real anger issues. He was bipolar. I learned after the fact. Yeah. And uh, he, I could tell you, he became like an addict later on and uh, has real emotional turmoil. Is it because of his abusive family? 
I can't say. That's my guess. <laughs> I know that he had intense parents, but I don't yeah. know oh, yeah. the specifics. I know some specifics, and yeah. I don't even know him. <laughs> like, I remember this one time in Marching Man. I swear, this we were like, we had a show that day, and like, this kid had forgotten his shoes, and like, his mom went all the way back home and went to get his shoes for him, and he came back. I swear, this is the only drama I can remember. But anyway, she comes back, she has the wrong shoes, and this boy starts screaming at his mother, like, you're so stupid, mom. You got the wrong shoes. And I was like, I was like, is that how white people? Because I heard about white people screaming at their parents like that. I was like, is that really how white people talk to their parents? And I was like, that boy is crazy. My mom would have murdered me if I started talking like that. But that's the only drama that comes off of my head. I'm just impressed that that guy had the husband to do it in front of other people. Yeah. And she was just like, oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I was like, what? Yeah, how old was he? How old were you at this point? I want to say like 14, maybe. Of course. 14-year-old, you know, white music nerd being like, Mom, you brought the wrong shoes! You've ruined it! You've ruined it! Yeah, that's the kind of kid who like, he's still at home with his mom in his mom's basement Probably. playing video games. <laughs> oh, goodness. I hope not. I hope. I hope he's doing more than playing video games. is just a toxic male thing to do now. It needs to not be. I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with that. No, I feel like the gamer community is very shut off from reality and too good to care about like not being ableist and all those things and homophobic and racist and all this. Yeah. Yeah. So that guy's playing video games in his room and the mom comes in and then he's like, (laughs) you got the wrong hot pocket. (laughs) He literally he hasn't left the house since that day. <laughs> he's, for life. he's still mad about the shoes. <laughs> I was working at the Flushing Library, and a gentleman came up to me, a white guy came up to me. It was in the international languages section. So all this, oh, God. this floor, this floor of the library was devoted to books in other languages. So he asked me, why are all these books in Chinese? Oh, God. And I'm like, uh, sir, there's many different languages here, from French <laughs> to Italian to Russian. And he's like, you know, years ago, everyone used to speak English. And I'm like, actually, you know, immigrants have been coming here for many, many years, speaking different languages, the foundation of this country. I'm trying to have a civil conversation here. And he's like, you don't know. You don't know your history. And he mm-hmm. walks off. I'm this kind of reactionary. Wait, please tell me you like, marched here. off. Please yeah, tell me who was off. like, you, I, he you don't know. Out. Yeah, there you go. He yeah, right on. Off. Jack yeah. yes, no. No, that's too far. Too far. Yeah obviously clueless and why the hell do you walk into the international language yeah, section why do you live in, in queens the <laughs> most diverse yeah. possible yeah. geography i can answer that yeah i came here to be racist i'm gonna yeah. make a point i hate all of the chinese living in hunt's point i don't know i went point point uh, where's that from well done well done excellent i love it bravo yeah he just came there to be racist guys like he came yeah. to be racist yeah <laughs> i mean like, maybe i mean he had an agenda i'm just thinking what if he's sort of like walking around being like i don't understand my world anymore <laughs> and then you're like i'm gonna go to the library at least there i'll be safe <laughs> and then he walks into the international language section it's like he's so the of course he, yeah he absolutely had to have an agenda why the yeah. fuck would he be such yeah. a douche that man doesn't read no, absolutely. I grabbed a policeman's arm once and Whoa, he almost dude. arrested me yeah. he almost arrested you how old are you i wanted to ask him the time and he was walking away, and I went, oh, excuse me, officer, and I put my hand on his arm. And he what? goes, who do you think I am, a person? No, he didn't say that. <laughs> he basically said something to the effect of, I'm not people, I'm cop. I'm a cop. That's what he's saying. Oh, but how yeah. old were you? That's important. This was like... Last year. This was recent. It was recently. <laughs> this was this morning. It was, like, it was like a year or two ago. Yeah, it was a year or two ago. 
Um, oh. I had a beard. I looked shady. I don't know. <laughs> he was like, he homeless. like got really like, and like grabbed me. What did your parents say? I didn't tell them that. Them. I didn't tell You've them that. You never told them that? Well, Because every mom, time I tell my parents a story Jimmy's of mother's going to listen police, to this and she would be like, oh my God. They freak out. My mother started a whole charity drive in an altercation I had with the police, which I haven't talked about. Really? Yeah. Because I almost got blown away. And she was like, we need to put an end to stop and frisk. And she was out on street corners. And stuff. Wow. Yeah. And when I almost got blown away. got blown away? What do you mean? I mean that I had three guns in my face at four in the morning coming back from Union Hall. Karaoke. What? Because I was walking home while brown. I think it was more the fact that it was late at night and the way I was dressed was the way criminals dress. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because when they stopped me and put the guns in my face and then they looked at my face, they looked nervous. Did they say anything before they stopped? Like, what did they say when they stopped you? They said, don't move <laughs> or we'll shoot. Did you see them? Did they just pull up in a car? Or they they pulled out? up in a car super fast, yeah. They like just went, and they pulled up onto the sidewalk. And then three dudes busted out in plain clothes. In plain clothes? Oh, so they were undercover cops. <clears throat> they were undercover police, yeah. The, they didn't tell me they were police until a minute in. Like, aren't they supposed to like, open with that? Like, yes. I'm a cop? Yes. This is the first thing they're supposed to say. So you could technically sue. When did this happen? Five years ago, four years ago. Well, I, I wanted to tack <clears throat> onto that, and I wanted to ask for real: how long ago did that incident with the holding the police officer's arm happen? That one was was really was pretty recently. It was. That but was it, again like a year or two ago. You would think that after an incident like that, plain clothes or not, having that experience gives you the insight to just stay the fuck away from them. But you did not. Yeah. Lost and Rewound on Radio Free Brooklyn. possible that i first knew what prank phone calls were because i got pranked when i was eight i was and you were still having like the ptsd (laughs) i guess so (laughs) well i was it was like at the age where i was like finally staying home by myself and like watching my younger sister and some guy called and asked for my mom mom was always like don't tell anybody that i'm not home so i was it was always like she's in the basement doing laundry or she's in the shower (laughs) and the guy he was like tell your mom i want to lick her pussy and I was oh, like, scary. and I was like, I was traumatized. <laughs> I hung up. I ran to the neighbors crying because I thought this guy was like nearby or something. You, you were know like, what I mean? okay, yeah. scream five starring me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so that's knew- probably my first introduction to a prank phone call. That's horrifying. That's yeah. You also real- ate and knew the word pussy. I think. Uh, oh, totally. Since w- second grade. I wouldn't necessarily call it. <laughs> a, I wouldn't necessarily call it a prank phone call as much as I would call it a harrowing experience. Yes. <laughs> sure, yeah, yeah. yeah. Did you no, tell your mom? Yeah. What'd she say? She probably said something like, I'm sorry that you had to hear that. 
unfortunately, people like to scare kids. One of my uncles uh, lived in the East Village, and I wanted to have his life. My one in my life to be an artist in the East Village. He lived on Second Avenue, above what this Chinese restaurant that was called Jade Garden that was there until like the aughts. It was there until like two thousand six, seven, eight. Crazy. And yes, yeah, uh, Second Avenue by Twelfth Street. So like where Nightingales and Dan Lynch, that whole stretch that we used to call the Blood Bars, because people would be getting stabbed there all the time. Of course. And you, as as you do, as you would, yeah, yeah in, in the eighties, right? You would go into the apartment, and it was like. All exposed brick because he had been living there forever, and um, they had he had a little backyard, and he had jazz records, and he painted, and he was a musician. I wanted to have that life, but it didn't happen. I was supposed to get the apartment because they were moving, and then he died, and then that was the end of it. What happened to the apartment then? Out of my grasp. Mm. Yeah, just I don't know. It's a loft. It, now. It's, a, it's it's lost. It's it's a long time ago. It's lost, but now it's a loft. Yeah. Here we are at loft well, and rewound. Yeah. Yeah, lost. <laughs> $600, and now it's probably 5000 Oh, I, I, he had been living there since the late 60s. He probably was paying like $100 a month $100, rent. Yeah. Oh, my God. Maybe even less. I don't know. It was a, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I was just a little bit too young and stupid to like really wrap my head around the business ends of things then. But you know you wanted the lifestyle. I wanted you, the lifestyle. You knew that you wanted to be an artist. So where did you go to college? You went to SVA. I went to the School of Visual Arts. Ah, my sister went there, too. Yeah. Much cool. later. I took cartooning classes from Harvey Kurtzman, who founded Mad Magazine. Oh, sure, of course. Cool. Mm-hmm. Damn. Yeah. He taught there? Yeah, he taught there. Amazing. He taught cartooning in the, in the early 80s, yeah. There weren't that many girls in the class, and the number of girls would drop as the class went on, but I was one of the ones that stuck it out to the end, because I was like, they, I was like, listen, I grew up in the Bronx. These people ain't going to fucking intimidate me. <laughs> <laughs> these, these white boys aren't going to intimidate me. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Little Pitbull. <laughs> I've been told yeah. that you were in a boy band. Could we, could we is, elaborate on this? That is that is true, <laughs> and all of those negative connotations that are cropping up right now for everybody are also absolutely true. Uh, the spiky hair, the glower. Frosted tips. The frosted tips, yeah. So uh, what year were we talking here? This is early 90s. So I, early I, 90s? Yes. I, I went to high school in Orlando, Florida, and when you do that, you do two things. You work for Disney, and then you join a boy band. <laughs> so I had to do both. This is my junior, senior year of high school that we started touring around there. Uh, we were called Sixth Element because there were six of us. It took all of five minutes to come up with. Uh, <laughs> now, when when we started, we actually played our own instruments, you know, and actually had some sort of musical creative influence what, what, over the process. What instrument did you play? I played guitar. And, uh, yeah, we had a full band. As soon as we got signed to a management label, they immediately shifted us to be more like what was already out. So Backstreet Boys and 98 Degrees and Sync and all that stuff. So on went the tight pants, away went the instruments, and uh, we started to adopt that faux R&B sound. When you became Sixth Element, was this, like, because the Fifth Element had just recently come out, too? And it was <laughs> yes, like, oh, oh, yeah, okay. you know, Sixth <laughs> yeah, Element, baby. Yeah, <laughs> Dude, I don't even think it had come out yet, because Fifth no. Element wasn't until, like, what, like, 95, 96? This was, yeah. This no, was, I was going to say it was it, right around the same it, time. It may have been right. the exact summer. I wouldn't doubt if we had just seen it. So any, <laughs> any sort of permission you're giving me or sort of creative license okay. for, for the justification of the name, take it away and go with the simplest answer. <laughs> okay. So then simplest answer is on the same year of Fifth Element came out in the late 90s, <laughs> mid to late 90s, mid, yeah. was Xander Chauncey's Sixth Element boy band recorded uh, with... 
you know what like how many other people were there in the group so six including me oh wait here's the best part we ended up actually getting signed to a pretty good deal in la but and they, they cut two of us <laughs> and they kept the name, kept the name. <laughs> yes. so we were, yes we were so we had to reverse justify the name we're like oh so you know the, the four elements of of the nature and so the fifth kind. element is the soul and the sixth element is music Oh, I was dating this girl who lived on the Lower East Side, and I remember leaving her apartment one morning, and it was pouring rain and coming downstairs and, and hiding under a scaffolding, and I literally turned to my left, and it's, and it's Adrian Brody yes. with, uh, you know, with, I don't know, this, this model that he was with, and I was like, fuck, I have to tell him that I made a rap song talking about that I look like him. And he was cool. And I approached him and I was like, yo, what's up, man? Like, I like, I know you make beats. And, you know, it's like, so I'd seen some interviews on him where, like, he, he talks about it. He, he makes beats and he listens to hip hop. And so I, th- I thought that'd be a nice intro. And I was like, yeah, so, like, um, man, I just got to tell you that, that I made a song um, where I talk about looking like you. And then the, the, the woman that, that he was with, she was like, oh, yeah, you have, you have a, a resemblance. <laughs> and, yeah. And then he was like, "Oh, word!" He was like, "You you got it on you?" And I was like, "No, I was like, no, like I don't I don't have it on me." And I I I don't know if he he gave me an email or something. I think he gave me an email. I you know it's probably spam, some shit. I mean, he never responded. <laughs> I, I sent it to him. I sent it to whoever it was, and uh, he never responded. Maybe it's because like I I kind of diss him a little bit in it, but oh. he's also I mean. He shouldn't be mad at that. It's you know, a, you know it's he has so creative, much money. Creative license. And I mean, that guy's an Oscar he winner. He has so much money. He has an Oscar winner, and he made a beat for, oh, God, who is it? Uh, C-Ray's Walls. For, uh, Did he? Yeah. I forgot Shit, the name I of the track. I think it's called Limelight. Um, Or maybe that's the album. Look it up. I swear to God. You can look up Adrian Brody C-Ray's Walls, and you'll find a track that he produced. <laughs> it ain't half bad. I think it was second grade. We were at uh, Pierpont Playground, which is sort of like where the school would take us. And I was telling a story about these guys who are in a submarine and go way, 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 way deep. I was a little obsessed with the movie. My dad had just shown me the movie, um, The Abyss. You know, the James Cameron movie? Yes. And we'd gone. Um, and so I, I went crazy, crazy. And so basically, it was about people exploring this massive new civilization that they discover deep, deep, deep underwater except in my version, it was all destroyed and gone. And these guys are walking around, and all of a sudden they come across these rocks that they think are just rocks, and then they stand up and turn into creatures. And and I remember, like, I had everybody. You know what I mean? Like, everybody was locked in. And then I turned it into a joke of these rock creatures jumping out, pulling out guitars, and starting to sing, Who disturbs our slumber, dude? Who disturbs our slumber? And it was just, like they loved it. I know it's so ridiculous, but like it was a real moment for me. I just totally pulled this out of my ass. Everybody was locked in and everybody loved it. And it was like a, a talked about thing for the next like two weeks. That's wonderful. I didn't realize until honestly until fairly until relatively recently, like how that really was the first thing that made me think to myself, Yeah, I guess I could do this. There was a boy who went to my church who also went to Aunt Jura, and um, I had such a crush on him. And I felt so special in my Dorothy outfit that I used to purposely go to the bathroom in the Ontario school section. I would come out of, like, our changing area and go to the bathroom and, like, try and <laughs> and be spotted by, um, like, as many of the high school students as possible because I thought I was, like, so cool. <laughs> I'm the star of the show. Strike up a conversation. Yeah. I mean, like, that girl's a star. 
off. That's and wonderful. Then, like, hoping that my crush would just like inadvertently, oh me, oh yeah, I'm doing a, I'm doing a little theater show. Oh yeah, I, I guess you can tell I'm Dorothy. You know, just very casually and nonchalantly. Yeah. You know, good to see you. Good to run into you. <laughs> <laughs> That's this is great. Like, what a little psychopath. I think that it was in a way helpful to go to a Christian college that had a more open-minded look at the world because there's a lot of fear when you're, when you grow up that way and, um, and mistrust and you're kind of fed that like people who aren't Christians are going to lie to you. And there's so much fear. You assume everyone's lying to you that being in a space where you can talk to people and talk about the Bible and maybe this isn't really a good pitch for a Christian college. There's plenty of people that go like this guy, you know, that he, he went to one and he came out a Christian. I'm not the, the Christian that he went in and maybe not the Christian that his parents want him to be or, you know, or imagined him growing up to be. But when you talk about the Bible, and you talk about like the Genesis story. That's impossible for that to be literally true. Mm-hmm. And then once you take that step, then it's like, what else is like that? And actually, that's funny because. The Genesis story was like actually a big part of that. Like I, there was some verse where it almost literally says like once Adam and Eve ate this fruit, God was like, we have to kill them now. Like there's something almost identical to that. And there's this verse where you're just like, wait a second, like these people just wanted more knowledge. Now you're like, got to kill them. Like, I don't get who is this guy? <laughs> like that was like one of the parts where like everything kind of started falling apart. It clearly seemed that the idea of this deity was based on control and like revenge and obviously like the old testament god is so much different from new testament jesus but the fact that that's like the beginning of everything was knowledge is bad that's kind of that's kind of like the jet like the story of adam and eve is like knowledge is bad don't ask questions knowledge is bad but aggression is good right yeah obedience and aggression (laughs) i've done improv before college, which was rare. I think that that was, it wasn't, didn't mean that I was any good or anything, but I had read this book called Truth and Comedy, which was sort of, they call it the comedy Bible. That's a comedy Bible. You gotta read the comedy Bible. And as with the same Bible, as with the the Christian Bible. There's literally a comedy Bible called the comedy Bible. What's her name who wrote that? Newman? Judith Newman, I think, yeah. My mom got me that for a Christmas present, and I found it totally unhelpful. (laughs) I mean, here's the thing. Anything that calls itself a Bible is both indispensable and totally useless. Like the Bible. Yeah, like the Bible, exactly. You know, it was really helpful in getting me to understand, like, what was helpful. It was helpful in getting me to understand what was improv. But at the same time, I also learned how to completely forget all of those rules once I was in college and doing improv actually for three and a half years. Have you read the New Testament? It's the uh, <laughs> the UCB manual. Oh, God. And then uh, I think the King James Version is the TJ and Dave one. Oh, is there a TJ wow. and Dave? Is there a TJ there and Dave? Is there is. Yes, there is now. I yeah. love those guys. I lived yeah. in Chicago for four years, and the, I would read that book just because Same. I like those guys so I much. I want it. It's yeah. new. That's why I don't yeah, have it's it yet. it's brand new. Yeah, those That's guys the are... the only reason I already own it. I have all of the Bible. TJ and Dave were the reason that I stopped doing improv in Chicago because I was taking some improv classes and thinking, you know, am I going to go in this direction? I was also doing some stand up. I was doing some weirder stuff. I was taking classes and clowning. That's really weird. <laughs> but um, when, when I started seeing like TJ and Dave on the regular, I was like, there's no way I could be better than this. That, that they sort of. <laughs> the, the, and not that that's a reason to not do anything, but I knew for myself personally, like I was like, I cannot personally be better than this. And so I can't even bring my own take to it. Watching them 
perform. I also got to see them perform with Michael Shannon, which is really cool. Wow. Uh, he He's a really good improviser. You wouldn't necessarily think of him as I an would. improviser. I would. But, I uh, would. He's a fucking genius. He he's very intense. So it's... Yeah. It, that's awesome. It was so cool. And I just was like, I think I left that show that night being like, you know, I'm glad I have respect for this art form, but it's just not something that I'm going to invest any more of my time in because I know that personally there's no, I, I know what the high water mark is and I can't get there. Where did you study improv in Chicago? I did Second City stuff. I did stuff at um, The Annoyance, actually. And that mm -hmm. was my favorite theater out of all of them because I, their whole thing... Yeah. Their whole thing with, uh, as you talk about Bibles, uh, McNapier. McNapier's Bible Improvised is the one that actually I recommend to comics. It's like a Cliff Notes Bible. It is like a, well, but you know, here's the thing. It's a, a Cliff Bible Notes Bible. Bible of Cliff Notes? <laughs> there should be. I it is much that. shorter. Is there a Cliff Notes Bible now that we say it? Because I want it. <laughs> it's called the internet. I actually think that it's probably the best one. Oh, no, it's it is. It's my favorite one because his whole thing is Take about care what you. you take care of you but yeah. then but what i love that he says is we talk so much in comedy and we talk so much in improv about the stuff that you can't do don't say no don't ask questions yeah and his whole thing is let's talk about what we can do let's talk about the things that when the light goes out i remember that there's a chapter he ends with like the light goes out and you're ready to do a show and instead of worrying about all the ways that you can screw up why don't you start to think about what you're allowed to do. And so he talks about the opportunities that are in front of you and how to create. I mean, don't get me wrong. It still takes a lot of work to get there because like going to see annoyance shows, they were very weird and they were, they were really, really out there. Isn't that the whole point of their structure? I it mean, is. It's yeah. all supposed to be very fringe. It's all very fringe and very weird. And their whole thing is just be the weirdo that you are. Try and figure out what kind of a strange weirdo you are. It's possible that if one person is riding a sea do and the person next to them is walking on a running track. Yes, that is totally bizarre and totally against UCB rules and in disagreement, but maybe that's a funny scene. Maybe there's some weird, bizarre Rick and Morty world where that can exist together. I had found out that you could get these coupon codes and you could stay in these offices, right? You could go check out an office. I would cash these in and I would stay there back then. I noticed I could get like an office for free. So I would cash these coupons in for an office. I noticed I could crash there. So I turned it into a bedroom. I basically <laughs> turned it into a micro apartment. Now, this is long gone, and Crazy you can't efficient. do this anymore in the capacity that I was doing it, but I had accidentally slept in the office, so I noticed if I just set my alarm, I wake up before 6 o'clock in the morning and get out of there, you would be surprised how little people really do notice you. Talk about the spotlight effect. Nobody noticed. And the second someone said, he's a stand-up comedian, so if they saw something weird, like I got house slippers on or something, that didn't happen, but you know what I mean? They would go, <laughs> Well, they found your toothbrush in the bathroom. Oh, there he's in there brushing his teeth in the bathroom. Why do you have so much food and, and posters and stuff yeah. you put in an apartment in your office? <laughs> it's almost like they're talking about a special child. They're like, well, I don't know if you know, but uh, he's a comedian. Oh, oh, we didn't know. Okay. So the building would kind of cut corners. So there's one security guard at night. Mm. Really, there should be two because if anything happens... How are you going to save dead. this guy? <laughs> this guy knew when we'd go out for a cigarette break together because it's it's kind of like I lived in a suite and mm. he was this employee at night that was bored. Doorman. So I'd be up there, I'd be cooking food <laughs> with a hot really plate great. and everything and he wouldn't tell on me that I'm staying in an office and yeah. we had a little agreement. And I wouldn't tell that he took we, naps. I would we tell that he slept. And out. it's the nap 
that could have caused so much trouble. So I go in mm. and I go to use the bathroom. I'm urinating and I hear the sound of water and it sounds like a waterfall. <laughs> and I'm looking down at my little hoo-ha and I'm like, well, that's not coming out of me. <laughs> it sounds like rain. But then I open the balcony door. Cricket, cricket. Not like, raining. Where the hell is this water coming from? So I'm like listening and then I walk over to the elevator. I put my ear next to the elevator. The sound of a waterfall. I don't know if you've been in an elevator. Oh, no. But that's not the kind of sound you wait expect. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Please tell me that wasn't you. I didn't know what it was. Like, why is there water coming from the elevator? Oh, my God. There's a fire in the building. Holy shit. So I freaked out. I was like, oh, my God. I'm like trying to call this guy. I'm like, oh, he's up there napping. Great. So I'm like, all right, what am I going to do? So I hit the elevator, and they're working. I'm like, well, that's weird. So the one that the sound's coming out of, that elevator wasn't working, but the one on the far right was. Huh. So... I put a little can of whatever I had in my hand in there. I hit one, got out of the elevator, waited, let it hit the bottom floor, hit the button again, and it came back up. So I thought, okay, well, the elevator seems to be the working. Can the can survived. Nothing changed it's like one of those can. movies where you're like, putting well, a teleporter for the first time. I'm going to put a flashlight into this otherworldly zone. Well, that worked. I guess we'll walk right in. <laughs> what, could go what could go wrong? So I thought, okay, I'm going to have to do it. My stomach was hurting. I'm like, I have no choice. I have to get out of here. The building's on fire. So I go in the elevator, <laughs> go all the way to the bottom floor. Elevator opens up. I look to my right, and there was a waterfall just pouring down. Water's yeah. all getting in the lobby. I'm like, oh, my God. Was there was there an inch of it? Was there two inches of it? Like, how was there a puddle? It forming? was just kind of rising, like it was coming out. Uh, I finally got a hold of the security guard, and we went floor to floor trying to find out this fire. What, He's like, it? Oh my God, I'm so glad you woke me up. Who knows what could happen? <laughs> we got to the fourth floor, smoke is coming out. I'm crazy. I'm like, Oh my God. And I'm like, It's on fire. He's like, Calm down, calm down. It's steam. Like, huh? <laughs> like, that's not smoke, it's steam. <sighs> Apparently, a hot water valve had broken uh-huh. in the oh bathroom because these old buildings oh break sometimes. God. And water was coming out. Now, here's uh, the thing. So, thank God it wasn't the fire. Thank God it wasn't thank the fire. Thank God it wasn't. System. He called the fire department and everything. Had I not woke him up, the water would have damaged all of that floor. Everybody would have lost so much stuff. It yeah. would have continued for hours. Well, good so, I told him, listen, when you talk to the building manager, you didn't find you me. saved the day. <laughs> Nobody is living in the building. It is not up to code. It's a fire safety issue at the very least. This is Pippi Long. You are a hero. <laughs> I was never here. He was like, okay, it's good. There's thank you very much. No problem. Jesus. It's good. So I come back the next Please, day. Like, excuse me, I've got to go back to sleep in my office. Right, I got to go back crawl in my airbed. The next day, is like, yeah, the building manager is very thankful for you. What are you talking about? You told him? Oh, don't worry, it's no problem. You told him it was me. You could have saved the day. I gave you a silver Golden platter of you get to be a hero, and you ratted me out. Thanks, Isaac. No, you don't understand. He gets it. Like, you looked after the building. You saved him. You... Have no more problems. You have no problems. <laughs> that was like, that's amazing. Wow. That's amazing. Wow. So from then on, while I was still there, I had no problems. I ran holds a special place in my heart for those who know me through the karaoke circuit. I ran is pretty much like what I'm known for in the karaoke, really? in the karaoke world. Yeah. That's your go-to song? It's not my go-to song. Oh. What is your go-to song? Like the song that you will always pick because you know that you can nail it. 
There's a lot of them. <laughs> oh my! Well, excuse me, excuse me. I didn't know I was hanging out with with somebody that um had what had karaoke at fame. Uh, wow! I, I I genuflect now. I have to be humble. All right, I'm just saying that there are certain songs that I know that I can do well after doing them ad nauseum. I won't ever forget in Greenpoint. And it was like really cold out and it happened to be around my birthday. I was hosting this night and I did that song. And by that point, people knew my whole deal. <laughs> and I took my shirt off, which is a crime against humanity. Oh. But I took my shirt off and I ran outside dancing in the street. And one of the patrons took his shirt off. And so there's like these two pasty white dudes in Greenpoint on a Thursday night. Oh, just <laughs> it, a typical night. And it's snowing. Someone out. probably thought they were filming another episode of Girls. Yeah. Probably. <laughs> well, well, Girls was around then. No, maybe not. It hadn't. It was not quite there yet. Maybe you inspired it. Maybe. <laughs> so I was really good friends with this guy, Paul Felder. He's the Irish dragon. He's a UFC fighter. Oh. Um, if you look up. Yeah, He's got to be buff. If what you weight look class? up the what Irish class. Yeah, I do want to know what weight class. Actually. I want uh, one, 160 maybe. Oh. No, maybe 180. I don't know. I'd have to. I don't know. Because he. So. He's, no, look up the Irish He's dragon. I, know. I banged I'm that. Doing it. Yeah. I was banging that on a <laughs> regular basis. <laughs> Um, this sounds like a gloating story. Thank you. That's why I wanted to tell. <laughs> we were really good friends, and he basically was like, "I love you," or uh, "I want to date you," and I was like, "No, it's a freshman." And then, uh, basically, That's a good face. I saw that face. Yeah. Continue. continue. Did you see the body. Uh, is he affable? Is he? <laughs> is he? Is he? Whoa! Hold that on, looks like I, after. I, that's got to be after a win. <laughs> Nobody loses after like makes that face after a loss. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine after they come. Yeah. Good, but... Oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Um, so I, that's pretty great. The, the one fighter that celebrates when he loses. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He but, wins all the time. We're already <laughs> interrupting this story more than anybody come on, imagined. Come on, go, yeah, yeah, yeah. Finish out. So, so anyway, so I was like, no, no, I don't want to date anyone, you know. And then I realized I made a mistake and I did want to date him. It was just like I had never dated anyone before. I just had friends and like hookups. And I, I was always really scared to date anyone because I always think ultimately it's not going to work out. Yeah. So I shut it down immediately. I get really drunk one night and I was like, fuck me. And he was like, no, you've never had sex before. And I was like, no, please. So we banged. It was terrible because I was just drunk. We were both drunk. And just because it was the first time. And then the next day I woke up and went back to his dorm room, which is the floor below mine, and one of his Seinfeld DVDs that I had had. And I knocked <laughs> on the door and he opened it and he was like, yes. And I was like, you left the Seinfeld DVD. I'm in love with you. <laughs> and he was like, oh, it's, uh, nope, uh, I'm not. And uh, we're actually we're going on summer break. So I'll see you in a couple of months. And I uh, cried hysterically on the lifeguard stand for the entire uh, summer. And then we dated for two and a half years. Wow. <laughs> there you go. Happy ending. Um, <laughs> now we're here. we have time for if you were inspired by anything at all you heard on this episode reach out to us lost and rewound at radiofreebrooklyn.org 
To hear the full episodes that all of these highlights come from, go to lostandrewound.podomatic.com or to SoundCloud or iTunes or Spotify, all Lost and Rewound. Radio Free Brooklyn is a 501c3 nonprofit organization whose mission is to provide a free and open platform to our community and promote media literacy, education, and free expression. We rely primarily on donations from listeners like you. To help support our mission, we invite you to make a one-time donation or monthly pledge at radiofreebrooklyn.org slash donate. Every cent helps us to continue staying on the air, so please support independent community media by pledging whatever you can afford. If that isn't even enough for you, there is a new program that Radio Free Brooklyn will be launching in 2019. It's an after-school program for local teenagers in where they will learn media literacy through media making using a hands-on approach guided by local professionals. If you would be interested in participating or donating to that, please go to radiofreebrooklyn.org slash afterschool. Remember, all contributions are tax-deductible to the fullest extent of the law. If you wish to donate anything at all, Separate from the after-school program, you can go again to radiofreebrooklyn.org slash donate. Enjoy the rest of your week, and we'll see you next week for another edition of Lost and Rewound. Yeah, interaction. Oh, that's not what I thought you said.